Welcome, 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 everybody, to this week's episode of the Hyman Brothers Hockey Show. Uh, it is a little belated Father's Day. Today's Monday. Um, scheduling conflicts couldn't get us on Father's Day, but it is the Father's Day episode because Pops is here. Uh, not to mention, we got a whole lot of sad Buffalo talk, so it's perfect that he's on. Uh, but let's get the, to the intros. Uh, uh, Lou, how is your... Um, I don't even know what to call that kind of leave. It was called SIQ <laughs> in the Navy, but much harder to get. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're just being a little overly paranoid. I was I woke up with something on Wednesday morning and I um, uh, just kind of checked a few too many boxes for uh, uh, symptoms of possible coronavirus. So I uh, went and got myself tested uh, and uh, everything came back negative, but I was still... Uh, the doc gave me that day said seven seven days quarters so uh, I basically just have to had to self quarantine in my room or in my apartment but I'm feeling better now uh, pretty much took until Saturday for it to really kind of go away but not really sure what it was but uh, but I'm back up ready to go and uh, back to work starting Wednesday so you know anything I can get you out here all right how about the donut man what's up guys how are you not a an easy day today. Um, just did some administrative stuff, had some meeting, met my bookkeeper, and got my name on the bank, and went through payroll, and you know all the all the back of the house shit um, that I haven't really been able to get to. Working sixty eight hours in four days. Um, so sorry about the schedule conflict, everyone. Probably my fault. But um, you got to make the donuts. You know what I mean? And we're just out there making donuts, getting fucks on that. Pops, happy Father's Day. Uh, thank you, Tyler. Yeah, uh, Dad, uh, back from the trip to Key West. Um, how how much have you heard about your your Sabers cleaning house? Uh, I have been aware of the fact that good old Jason Botterill, I think his name was, mm-hmm. uh, bottom bottomless pit, uh, bottom terrible guy. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he, he just uh, there's potential he, here. Yeah, it's it's got something there. I probably should have thought about it more, but uh, um, he had just been given the uh, you know the uh, green light by uh, Kim Pagula of the Pagula family that owns the Sabers and the Bills. Um, so I think he was probably riding pretty high. Three, two months ago, he was given the green light to stay on and whatnot, and uh, obviously they fired him. So uh, I have a feeling Jack Eichel. Um, had been talking to people basically saying that, get me out of here. I'm not playing for a loser anymore. And, uh, you know, who knows? But obviously the first thing that the new GM did was call Jack Eichel. <laughs> so anyway, Player coach, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, Eichel can attract a lot of draftees and, you know, who wouldn't want to play with them. But if your, your head's not in the game, um, and the first thing you'd say to your agent is get me out. I don't care where I want to play for a winner. You know, how many teams would probably throw together second and third line guys and a draft pick here and there, um, for somebody like that. I mean, he's good, but you know, you know, Ty, you've played on plenty of teams where if there's only one good guy with talent, it's never enough to win. <laughs> um, and it gets frustrating. So, yeah. And you know, how many how many years do you keep him before you do make that trade for you know pieces because not he's not he's very far from being out of his prime but at the same time like 
there's a window in the beginning here for him and now they're gonna they're already paying him really outlandish money so i mean he's worth it but at the same time you need guys around him like you said yeah i mean the winners out there that are missing one piece or just one you know couple of pieces away um and to think the energy that that guy would bring to a second line or even a third line um Anyway, so, yeah, good old Buffalo. Um. <laughs> well, uh, I do think that uh, if they do bring in a group with a little bit of talent, then uh, I'm pretty sure they have more space than most teams in the league. So uh, yeah, I, it's I, not like they have no room to work with. Yeah, I think I read that they have uh, a little bit just over $40 million on the books for next year, technically. Now, a lot of that's in, like, restricted free agency, but um, – but yeah, they've got they've got a lot of money to work like with. Like half of that is going to Skinner and Eichel. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they they used to have a pretty good farm system. The Rochester Americans, um, you know, always used to have a pretty decent, uh, I guess, American Hockey League. Is it, is that what mm-hmm. they're in? And uh, you know, they always seem to bring up a couple of guys every year. And you know, they were always able to send some guys down there. The coaching there used to be very good. I don't think there's any continuity between that farm club right now and and I don't know how much continuity there is between the AHL and the the big league uh, clubs. But, uh, you know, once again, the problem is, is, you know, Buffalo keeps making these changes, whether it's coaches. uh, Well, Ralph may have been another person uh, chewing on the Pagula's ears, basically saying, you know, I've led the Swiss team to all this and I went and got my own people and this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And when I tell him I need a defenseman, he gets me a, a third string left wing. And when I need a goalie, he gets me, uh, you know, a stick guy that can go and uh, sharpen skate blades and uh, break sticks. And, you know, I have a feeling Ralph had a lot to do with it, too. So but that's do you like that do you like him so far, I guess they are the. Uh, the leading team in, I think, all major league sports, I could be wrong, but at least in hockey, of not making the playoffs for nine consecutive years. So the Browns got them beat. Okay, <laughs> so, may, may, so maybe it's hockey. Um, but, you know, Cleveland, just like Buffalo, are mistakes on the lake. Lake Erie does not have a lot of huge, uh, you know, your, your, your cities on Lake Erie are Toledo, Cleveland, and Buffalo. Hey, go Mud Hens. Go, <laughs> co- go championships there, boys. <laughs> I think, I feel like the Toledo Mud Hens have a couple. Um, uh, back in the softball days or the, uh, you know. <laughs> Whatever league that is. Uh, well, um. I guess I mean we'll see. I think it's, I think I heard on Chicklets that uh, Buffalo's uh, next game, the day after the shutdown, was against Montreal, mm-hmm. um, and that would have put them ahead of them in the standings and made them a playoff team. But it shut down one day early. <laughs> well, I mean, once again, Buffalo, you know, its luck when it comes to sports is all bad. Uh, they have luck, just like everybody else, but they just have all bad luck, and uh, they're not they're not built for. You know, they don't try hard enough. They don't work hard enough or, you know, they don't think hard enough to become a winner, um, which is unfortunate because obviously the fan base seems to be has always been very strong, loyal to a fault, (laughs) as you well know, boys. (laughs) So I think an interesting thing, too, like 
as much as like I mean, and this time they they cleaned house. I think it was something like fifteen people, um, all got canned. And um, but I'm wondering because I feel like two years in a row now, early, the team has been tremendous. Like this year, they were the number one team in the league at some point, and I'm fairly certain they had a run. Yeah, sometime in like November, late November into, into December, um, where they were also really high in the standings and then just absolutely fell apart. So, I mean, as much as you can hope that this is the the problem um, and that they're fixing it, I think like we've seen this team be great in the last two years, be phenomenal. Uh, yeah, and, you got to be consistent and. And I know, but so, their goaltending is not. Uh, I mean, they got what, uh, like a one B and two B, if that. I mean, you got a couple of C plus guys. Every goalie, you know, will have its his his peak or a couple of good games or people don't make mistakes. But you know, typical of Buffalo, when you go to play them, you're not expecting a lot. So I don't think you're going to bring your A game. It's not like you're going to go play the Boston Bruins every night or, you know, uh, the top teams in, in the league. And I picked them only because they were the president trophy this year. So every team get, goalies, you know, and, and yeah, so yeah, you see their secondary guys, uh, you're going to rest some guys. Hey, we're going to, we got a three game road trip. We're going to, you know, Buffalo, Boston, and uh, Toronto, um, or, you know, so it's a road trip and, um, and then all of a sudden, okay, they win a couple of games and, uh, beat a couple of good teams. Cause one, they're not ready for them. And all of a sudden somebody goes, okay, now we got to pay attention to these guys. And all of a sudden, you know, you go on the road and bing, bing, bing. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, well, as long as we play up to this level, at least we'll win, you know, and, uh, and then if your goalies become mediocre and, you know, there, there's really, I don't know, think they, they lead the penalty minutes or anything like that. But I don't think they're a real physical team. So, um, you know, you work hard enough, long enough, 60 minutes later, you win three to one or three to two. It's two points that you don't have. So I don't know. I, I wish that, I wish you could wave a magic wand, Lou. Um, <laughs> and that's what sucks, too, is because you see the potential. Um, but how many times have you watched your all your favorite teams too um and they have a streak and all of a sudden they lose it and then you can't figure out why um but you guys have three and four lines deep both forwards defensemen and usually a, a pretty good goalie mm-hmm. um i don't know they got a lot of work to do and the problem is they're they're you know when you're ninth tenth place team you know they're yeah they're two points out um but who are you going to play in the playoffs? You're going to play the top team. You'd play you play Pittsburgh know? this year. Yeah. So, um, so dad, so dad, if you're, if you're a GM, I mean, like Ty said, like Eichel's Eichel's window, is, he's coming up on maybe a five-year window. So are you, I mean, obviously you, you want to keep him. Obviously, like you want to be able to turn this around in, in under five years, but at what point, do you move him? Like if you guys, if you guys are bottom of the league, like Detroit Red Wings, bottom of the league, halfway through next year, you got trade deadline coming up. See, I don't think you, I don't like, I know that dad, like you said, you know, you can go on those, those runs and stuff like that. And they do have a long way to go. But I look at a, a team like Philly, like the past two years before this year, 
they, you know, I think two years ago, they were the first team to ever win 10 games in a row, then lose 10 games in a row. And last year they had a 10 game, you know, run too. And they didn't make playoffs, but, you know, they, uh, thanks, dude. But, you know, they, they have, when you can win 10 games in a row in the NHL, I think there's obviously some good things going on. Um, and you just need to put it together. Well, and I, obviously it depends when you're winning those 10 games, too. You know, we don't have a complete season this year, so it's a little difficult. But I think Buffalo's got to decide. I mean, each one of you, you know, what would you call, CJ, what's, what's your, your team's uh, motto? You know, you got Barry Trotz, um, yeah. Lou Lamarillo. Dump and Chase. Well, you have, a <laughs> syst- you have a system. It's conservative. But put the puck in. As Tyler will always say, pucks on, pucks in, pucks on net. Uh, get pucks it in the deep. zone. Pucks in deep. Go get it. Pressure, pressure, pressure. And when the puck's in your zone, it's not in our net. Okay. Not, not very exciting, but it's a, it's a, a philosophy. If John Pits- Madden coached hockey. <laughs> Pittsburgh, obviously, goal scoring. Goal scoring. Win 6-5. Win 6-4. Every now and then, you get some great goaltending. Murray, Flurry. you know, you've been blessed that way too but mm-hmm. let's face it when you're when you know somebody's going to score four goals in front of you you're maybe a little bit more relaxed in goal your defense are a little bit more part of uh of the game and once again probably 70 percent of the game is in the other end so the odds are your puck's not going to go in your net ty your flyers have been kind of that team that's had a lot of some great names um just I don't know if it's the coaching. I think Vigneault has done a great job getting them finally there. Um, He's going to win the Jack Adams. Okay. So, you know, each one of your team has a philosophical approach, and that's what they're building toward. An identity. Yeah. Buffalo has Jack Eichel, and that's it. So you either use that to mortgage the farm, as they say, and – you know, get him and and then start your program now. But you're you're not going to do anything for four years, so you're going to get rid of Jack, bring in lots of draft picks. You got a GM, hopefully that knows talent and has got scouts out there all over the place, and is basically building the farm teams and the draft teams now, such that when they get there and they then they still need a coach with a plan, and ownership has to sit down with the GM and say, this is what I expect. I don't know what the bottom line profit is either, but it is a business to, to make money. You got a fan base that will always go watch the Sabres. Uh, they, you know, we're stupid that way um, because there's nothing else there. Um, and you can't go up to Toronto and watch hockey if you live in Buffalo because that's sacrilegious. You know, it's, it's, fun to watch, it's fun to watch a dumpster fire every now and then. Well, I have that. I think I've sent you all that picture of the Sabres jersey with the dumpster fire on the cover. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Uh, uh, that was, that's a, a great jersey. That, is, that rivals my Labatt Blue jersey. Uh, it's a classic. Uh, yeah, uh, do we have anything other than the the dumpster fire in Buffalo? Uh, a couple things. Uh, real quick, kind of a, a career third and fourth liner, Chris Thorburn. Uh, he's 37. Uh, he retired uh, this year. He didn't uh, play at all this year. He was on the roster for the Blues. Uh, played played a game for them last year. 
Um, so uh, not not a, not a terrible time to just to hang up the hat at, at 37, but um, uh, solid third line player throughout his career and uh, just grinded it out. Um, uh, so he he hung up the skates this t- um, today. And then uh, the last piece of news really is that um, we def- we obviously had uh, some positive cases come out. Uh, Tampa obviously had they reported they had three positive cases of coronavirus and they uh, shut down until they can basically do the the tracing of like, all right, well, who are you in contact with? And then they'll test. Once ever they test everybody again, they'll be able to reopen. Um, I'm not really surprised. I think some people online are panicking. They're like, oh, my God, look at all these tests. And obviously there was a lot in baseball up in Toronto and such. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you got all these these hundreds of players that were not being tested. And then now, and you'll see it in the country, too, like, you know, you start testing more people, you're going to have you know, cases are going to show up. So I think this is also half the design of this voluntary skating. You can get players in, getting them tested every time. Um, Let's do this now. That way when we can open up training camp Uh, and I imagine training camp, well, no, it's going to have to be in home cities because you're not going to have enough ice time probably to do training camps in a hub city. Mm. Yeah. Either way, bad sign. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Pessimism. Ty, do you think uh, do you think if like many more players get tested positive, the the vote might get, you know, the the vote the players are supposed to take might move towards no, we don't want to play. It's happening in everywhere. It happens. It's happening in the EPL right now, and like there's no way to to stop it when there's that many people involved. I feel like you know, um, I just I don't know if the players would vote it down because of that, like. But I don't know they could. Maybe if a lot of them have like young kids and stuff like that. But it's not it's not a good sign, I don't think. I mean well, we're, it's almost inevi- into, it's, we're almost into it, July. It's inevitable. You know, every every state shut down for two months and the cases finally started to slow down a little bit and now everybody's opening back up again and guess what? It's opening back up again. It's inevitable. Oh. Well, Even again, if, like if, if you thought no NHLer was going to test positive in this whole thing, you I mean, that's just naive. Like, of course, like none of these guys are being tested before. Now we're going to start testing them every day and we are going to find some positive cases. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's that naive. I mean, the percentage of hockey players to normal people is probably lower than the percentage of people that get this thing. Well, once and again, yeah, the new, I think most the new... players have been home and, you know, not doing anything. Well, it's news, you know, you're yeah. not you're not hearing the National Bowling Association uh, coming out of, uh, you know, uh, hibernation and getting ready to training camp and stuff like that. And four bowlers just tested positive because it's not the news. MB- the NBA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the National Bowling Association, you know, it's in all the papers. Right. It, it's in all the papers. The problem is, is newspapers aren't. Uh, aren't printed anymore so obviously the hockey um you know has a venue <laughs> i'm picturing uh-huh. uh bowling bowling balls on the basketball rack when exactly trying to shoot threes <laughs> yeah brick they were probably uh hanging out in the beaches down there in south florida dad yeah 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 so yeah <laughs> You know, I think I th- the sooner you get everybody together 
and they're in the same area and they're testing positive each day, then it's almost like that's when they're going to wrap the plastic around them a little bit tighter. And you're almost going to have to go through a cleansing where you bring in 30 guys, 40 guys, 50 guys. I don't know how much. What is the roster limit now for the Hose them down. I don't think 25, 25 it, I think. I, I think that I heard they were increasing. I don't know if they actually gave us a number. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is it, is it, do you go in with 30, but you'll play with 20? And the, 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 organiza- the organizations are set up that way. Hey, we're going to put in 40 guys. And if, as long as we have 20 skaters, including the goaltenders and blah, 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 everybody's going to be kind of the same luck. Maybe you can't have any less than 20 and no more than 25. Right. And, yeah. Why would you have more people? Uh, to supplement because. Uh, Ty, Ty you just you, and... you just came in and we're starting in 13 days, but you test positive on day 12, which means you're going to miss the first two days of games. Well, no one's going to come in to less than two weeks before. No, no that's like, I just feel I'm like just... They, you're bringing in people who aren't even going to play. Like you have five. Yeah, you do 25. There's five. You know, they call them the black aces in the playoffs, or that's really for the, for the Stanley Cup. But um, those guys are one or two of them might play with injuries and stuff. But you know, that's that's enough to get through a playoff run. And if you don't, then it's even more of the asterisk cup because you got more and more guys. Like that's why playoffs is awesome because injuries happen. Um, I think you, I think you keep it and you don't increase the risk. Like so, what yeah, happens? What yeah, but what happens in the playoffs here, guys? You're in the second round, and one team happens to, because they're all together, one guy gets it, and he infects the whole team. Yeah. And, te- and Team X is now out of the playoffs because they're not going to play any more games against the other teams because I need 14 days to sterilize and, and quarantine the players. The other team would be out too, though, if you think about it. Uh, in theory, but well, it'd, be all to, over. Uh, it'd be all over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well, once again, once again, will you stop the whole thing if that happens? Logic right. says you, you might have to, but, you know, people are making a huge investment. They have to. It's not that people are dying from coronavirus. No, well, we're not saying we gotta, dying. We really want to get the Stanley Cup. <laughs> no, I, obviously we could we could beat this. And that's what they're doing in these boardrooms. They're trying to figure out all the what ifs. Um, and obviously they've come up with a plan, which I think is, is fine. And it makes sense. Let's have some fun with it. Uh, hopefully everybody can play and, and get through it. And then if they decide to change how the league and the, the, the whole seasons are, are done in the future, that's cool too. Um, cause it doesn't really matter if they get their 82 games in who cares when they play them. Uh, it's more the lifestyle that the vets have that where they're used to their summers off with their families when the kids aren't in school and they travel during the school year and, you know, blah, 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 for the ones that have families. So anyway, um, I don't know. It should be interesting. All right. Well, uh, I got a little uh, a dilemma to uh, get some advice on here. So uh, I already, I already kind of asked Lou about it, but if we're, if we're moving back to East Coast this summer, um, it's probably going to involve uh, RV road trip. Um, so first stop, we're definitely going to drive to Lake Tahoe. And then the question is, because the, the, uh, the fourth day is Austin. So day two, we could either do Salt Lake City or Phoenix. 
Dad, you been to either of those places? Salt Lake City, uh, right? Salt Lake City, yeah. I used to work for the Little America Company, that the group that owned the ski resort in Sun Valley was based in Salt Lake City, Mormon group, and uh, Earl Holding, um, Sinclair Oil, um, same group that I worked with in San Diego. Salt Lake City is a beautiful city. Um, I guess because Austin is so far south, um, Phoenix is probably along the same lines as uh, Dallas. So, you know, you still got to go further south. Um, if Salt Lake City to Phoenix is probably, I mean, the West Coast is so big anyway. Um, you may want to think of like Amarillo um, to try to get to Texas. Go from Salt Lake City, cut well, across Colorado. There is a day. Yeah, there's a day three drive after either Phoenix or Salt Lake into nowhere, West Texas, New Mexico. Or, okay, okay. So yeah. the question is, yeah, the Salt Lake uh, day three and then to Austin is longer than if we go to Phoenix, but the trip from Tahoe to Phoenix is longer than Tahoe to Salt Lake. So, Can you go to the Grand Canyon? Um, <laughs> that's like dead center in the middle of those two routes. So... Uh, yeah, we, we might be able to do that. The issue is um, can't really bring dogs into national parks, which is lame. But we'd have to do really? a little dog research. Interesting. I feel like it's mostly because of the animals. And I'm not sure how many, um, you know, threatening animals are around the Grand Canyon. I think it's mostly lizards. <laughs> Would Kita eat a lizard? Ah, if she could get it. Yeah, I mean, if she could catch it, <laughs> if she if she wasn't distracted by a shadow, she kills she kills flies. Oh, really? Yeah, How? but not ants. Not ants. She does not care if it doesn't fly. I need Kita around here. I'm getting eaten alive out in this place. Mm, yeah, she kills any flying insects. I mean, you got um, Denver. You got Denver too. Um, if you want to stay north. Um, that's a great city. Um, but once again, you're going across the Rockies, you know, with an RV and tagging, tra- dragging a trailer or dragging a car. Um, you know, I thought the Rockies be... would be a little rockier. <laughs> uh, John yeah. Denver was full it's of shit. Rockies. <laughs> um, all right. I wanted to, I got a little segment. I want to play a little game. Uh, uh, I I, don't, I was introduced to this on social media. You guys have probably seen it before, but uh, uh, you, do you guys know who your Florida man is? Oh, no, I've looked, I've looked it up. Uh, okay, I have no, so, I, no idea what you're okay. talking about. So, so what I'm going to need you to do, what I'm going to need you to do while I uh, explain who my Florida man is, is you just Google Florida man and then type your birthday in, and uh, you see who your Florida man story is. So uh, my, my Florida man um, was trying to ride a manatee and screaming at the police that they can't arrest me, and they arrested him. For... So, Dad, the concept <laughs> is, you know, like the, the news headline that's like everything that crazy happens is in Florida, so it always starts with Florida right. man. So, so uh, my, headline, my headline was Florida man uh, – gets arrested yelling you, uh, you can't arrest me on manatee. <laughs> Alright, what's mine? Are you looking it up, Ty? No. Oh, do <laughs> I need to look it up? It's your segment. 
I don't want. I don't want to mess up the call here. As if I, if I, hopefully I don't lose. Yeah, here. I'm gonna. Oh no, you should be fine, Dad. You should be able to go to other apps. All right, so I'm gonna go to Google and I'm gonna go my Florida man. No, just you type in Florida man, August. Uh, okay. You know, uh, yeah, August 29th. <laughs> Wrong. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how, about, how about I do August 30th just for shits yeah. and giggles? 30th, like, I knew it was a couple days after Good research on the uh, Father's Day. Well, it wasn't my birthday, so he's okay. True. Would have been worse on your birthday. All right, here you go. Here you go. This is a classic, I guess. Uh <laughs> Florida man accused of grabbing his genitals and giving the finger. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. uh, That happens every day down there, doesn't it? (laughs) Of course. Of course. Uh, Excellent. Excellent. There's another man. Florida man arrested arrested for giving his girlfriend a wet willy. And one, one last one, and then I'll go to the 27th tie. August 30th, Florida man Val, Vladimir Putin arrested on trespassing charges. So, <laughs> they got him. They finally got him. Putin All right. scoring eight goals. Oh, man. He, yeah, he's got a hell of a shot. <laughs> you guys have heard of that, Vlad Putin? <laughs> Florida... Uh, Florida man, August 27th. I don't understand how it doesn't have Google. I'm, um, not on a, on, not on speaker right now. All right, here, 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 this, this is, uh, this is very Tyler here, especially on the island, you know, in, in his new baking role. Florida man drunk and naked alleg- allegedly set house on fire and failed cookie baking. It's <laughs> <laughs> like what we were talking about last week. Yep. Uh, yep. There's a good one. <laughs> Florida man runs over himself outside strip club. <laughs> Is that Gary Slow? Yeah. Is that October 26th? Yep. How do you run nice. over yourself? I imagine you leave the car in neutral, get out, start walking away, and the thing starts rolling at you. He was he was ghost riding the whip. <laughs> Maybe at the strip club, you know. Yeah, swag, bro. All right, All right. Um, yeah, that's a good segment, Dad. I, I wanted to know um, what your favorite hockey tournament place was for me or CJ. Like what city or place that you probably like you enjoyed the most um hmm well when we went to pittsburgh that was that was fun because there was you know family there when i Um, broke my ankle and foot well i mean (laughs) you said you did say fun for dad yeah yeah. (laughs) are you shitting me (laughs) the same hospital that lou was born at and i had to yeah, they wait, told me so, I had a broken foot and ankle, and neither of them, neither of them were broken. Right, <laughs> you guys exactly. Are, you guys are headed. You guys are headed to the hospital, and Chess just like, "What a great trip! I get to go back yeah. to the hospital." <laughs> He's like, "Uncle Tom, it's great to see you," and I'm like in the back with <laughs> writhing pain. 
<laughs> yep, yep. Um, RJ Umberger played at that rink growing up for okay. the Hornets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we played in so many different places. I, I don't know if there was one particular um, one. Obviously, there was lots up in New England. New England Sports Center was just a factory there. And um, One time we went to Newport. That was fun, I think. Right. I was going to say the Rhode Island uh, tournament was pretty cool. Um, I, I just like going to the different places and playing the different teams just to kind of keep seeing who you guys were. How good were you guys? Because that was the question. You never really knew how good this team was because that's yeah. all you saw. All you saw was the same kids all the time. You know, and sometimes you guys played great. And then sometimes you got your asses kicked. Um, and you went, wow, those are 94s. Some were just so much bigger, faster, stronger, and some were not as good as you guys. Um, and obviously you had some kids that obviously made it to the collegiate level. Um, so it's, you know, it wasn't like everybody went to this one factory. And, and NHL. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, no, you... we were sixth, sixth in the nation at one point. That was the highest, I think, right. we got. And that was when we were playing Syracuse tight and we beat LA Hockey Club and we, yep, you know, we exactly. tied them. We beat... Uh, we beat LA. We tied Compuware, who was like number one in the nation, and then we got smoked by Whitby, Ontario. Right. Those dudes and, were like six one. I was like, what? Yeah, but I didn't some even of the play, so some of the, yeah, but some of the teams from Detroit, Little Caesars. Oh um, yeah, they fucking killed us at nationals. So I mean, there were some really good. Even the I think what wasn't the Pittsburgh Hornets really good one year, and yeah, I mean. It, um, and of course, any of the teams from Boston were always, you know, always worth, uh, the, the game you played. So, uh, um, the M- Minutemen, I think. Yeah. The Minutemen, South Shore Minutemen. Or what's it? It was Valley Forge, the Warriors. Oh, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there uh, were some great teams. I got a, I got a question for Pops. Um, what's your, what's your, um, Oh, how do I put this? A uh, wildest hockey parent moment. Uh, it doesn't have to be you. Uh, maybe something you witnessed or something that just made you shake your head. Uh, um, boy. Um, you know, it, it probably goes back more to the wreck days in the early times when p- parents just, you know, <laughs> um, the, when checking started, when you guys, you know, became peewee level and the checking started, that first year of peewees was death because <laughs> some parents could not understand Johnny getting killed or going or, or going to check somebody and then retaliating because retaliation was huge back then because you yeah. weren't used to getting hit. Um, so. Um, there was definitely people that threw stuff over the glass. I remember somebody opening a door, uh, and throwing like a bucket of pucks on the ice for some stupid reason, um, (laughs) because something happened and they wanted to get somebody's attention. But, uh, um, do you think you saw it more as a, like coaching Ty and rec or, or outside the glass? No, when I was behind the bench, um, you know, you were watching the game and you were, you know, you were listening to what the kids were saying and obviously what you're trying to do. But when you heard stuff um, 
from the stands or people walking by the back of the benches or whatnot, or if there were seats behind you. Um, it was amazing because I was always standing on the bench. So I would, my ears were higher than everything else. So you'd hear people talking and criticizing and, you know, our team, the other team, the, you know, the refs and most of the refs during the, the rec days were all kids, you know, did we uh, ever, did we ever run the score up on anyone? I don't think so. I mean, only unless their their goal. Yeah, was... no, we just started trying to get Nick Gregorio a goal. Yeah, you're right. Well, that's what that's what we did that one time. I think I put you and James out there, and I put Nick in front of that was that Shamrock tournament where we I didn't won. Pass that... to him. I think Justin yeah. Kleinwax did it. Well, you... I I got you guys all together, and I put Nick right out there. I said, Nick, you go stand in front of the goalie and put your stick <laughs> on the ice. And I said to you and James, and maybe it was Justin because he was playing with us that year, which was great. Um, Huge. And uh, I said, you know, even if you have to just throw the puck, hit him so it goes off of him. And that's what you, <laughs> that's what happened. And his parents, you couldn't believe. And they were nice people anyway. They weren't really, yeah. you know, crazy. But they were just, they came up to me afterwards and said, you really didn't have to do that. I said, I, it was so much fun. And the kids were, I said, the kids couldn't wait to try and do it. Um, I said, let's really, you know, and you guys were great. Yeah. Way. Like, yeah, we were like, Oh, I want to get Nick a goal, you know, right. like shit like that, which is good coaching. Good coaching. I have my favorite story of you is from lacrosse when, uh, I don't know what happened, but I think I probably got hit like, you know, playing midi from behind or something. And the ref didn't call anything. So you chirped him a little bit and, you know, he told you to, to shut up basically. And, you know, <laughs> then, then Nicoloco got absolutely buried like right in front of you, like on the sidelines. I think it was an illegal hit for sure. And, and he didn't call anything. And you looked at him and just went unbelievable. I And he tossed you. Yeah. He tossed you you were like, I need to get my money's worth. Like, <laughs> yeah, I do. Re I do remember that. And it was just like unbelievable, you know, right in his face, too. So, <laughs> well, it's, do you a, remember... it's a good thing we didn't have uh, it's a good thing we didn't have reps in driveway basketball because uh, <laughs> that's the, that's what happens when the competitive juices get in flow. And I, I, I think all four of us actually, I don't know if Tyler, if Tyler ever walked off court. But the other three of us definitely have. <laughs> You're right. I definitely didn't. I like CJ threw me down the stairs after one ball game. But I'm like, are we playing again? Like, just, <laughs> like dude. So I, do I get a rematch or what? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, definitely got got those got intense. You know, I was glad to be on Dad's team, but we got we definitely got pretty rough <laughs> we would have fouled out the first quarter like no doubt oh <laughs> well needless prison, to say i, I had rules. Uh, needless to say i had competitive juices flowing through my blood still to this day when i was a a sports player and whatnot and obviously you guys all got that as well your mother's pretty competitive as well too so uh my children will never beat me in sports <laughs> well, I, I mean, CJ, actually, I hope, CJ, it is our mission now to make that I hope, happen. I hope they do, but we got I this, Lou. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat them twenty-one nothing when like they're three years old and be like, "Let's go!" <laughs> but the soccer, you, I'll, have you, uh, I'll have you start. 
I'll have you start training the razor as soon as she starts. Hell yeah, we're getting beach workouts going. <laughs> All right. She's a she's a beach baby, so um I, dad have up the soccer games, the two on two soccer games. Those are pretty legendary. I remember oh, that yeah? was oh six World Cup, Italy versus France. Yeah. We played a lot that summer. Yeah, yeah. No, it was always fun. I mean, and you guys tried so hard and, you know, you always trying to set up the uh, set up the perfect play, you know. Um, so I that was the goal. That was always the goal. That's why we played the diving game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hurt myself so many times diving. <laughs> it, it does. It, I'm sure it originated from like dad tossing balls uh, down at the shore. Like diving in the water to get the well, actually six lakes probably the origin yeah, of that yeah but uh, I mean, but it hurts it does it's a little more painful when it's in the backyard. Well, yeah, we used to do it siege. I remember we would go up to the kickball field and you would just throw pop flies and like I'd run under and be like too easy, so you just throw it a mile and I'd be diving like we'd get like one out of twenty and I'd be like <laughs> yeah I feel like I'm done I'm done I got one I'm done. <laughs> It's uh, it, it, sad no six lake this year for anybody. Yeah, is that the first time in like fifty years or something? Well, there was always there was always a couple of times where uh, you know maybe there was a death in the family, somebody was sick, um, there was a birth. Um, there were years, you know, like when you guys were born that we wouldn't didn't go up. Um, but it still happened, right? Oh, yeah. No, there was always somebody up there, but there's always been years. I mean, I think the Ehrlichs are still going up. Um, oh, really? I mean, I haven't heard, I think, but... I think Susan Ma- and Tom are, are planning, and Maddie and Emily are planning on still going up. For like two days. They're going to yeah. go to Grandma and Grandpa's first, spend a couple of days, and go up for a day or two and see what it's like. And if it's no... And I think that's just because this is probably the last summer that Maddie and Emily will be in the same state so to speak because once she goes down to south carolina and muddy's you know finishing up at purdue who knows if either one will come home again depending on where covid 20 is after covid 19 so uh (laughs) geez yeah nice nice um i do i i do have an interest uh interesting segment for you guys um based on what you guys had started uh a week or two ago when you were talking about, I think, Tyler, when you got the call from your buddies about numbers um, and who Hold had on, what numbers. Sorry. Wait, you broke up. You oh, broke okay. up a little bit. Sorry. Start over. Sorry. Um, you guys Back did a segment on this deck. <laughs> you guys did a segment uh, a week or a couple of episodes back about Tyler, your buddy, calling from this uh, auction and you had to have the player's name and number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. you know, kind of why, what numbers that people had and stuff like that. So just to give you a little history, um, originally back in the, the original six and even when the second six came in, uh, that you guys could never keep straight, which drives me nuts. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell you one last time to keep it simple for you. When the second six came in, they were trying to, you know, obviously they were doubling the size of the league. So they were trying to encompass the whole country in this expansion. So you had two teams in the east, two teams in the middle of the country, and two teams out west. So you had Pitt and Philly in the east, Minneapolis and uh, Minnesota, and St. Louis St. in the Louis. middle, and L.A. and Oakland uh, 
they have California, California Golden Seals. And the reason they were in Oakland is because the California Golden Seals were purchased by Charlie Findlay, who is the owner of the Oakland Athletics. Mm. So, uh, you know, Oakland kind of a blue collar town and hockey was definitely more of a blue collar sport than a, you know, white collar sport. Um, so, uh, and if another tidbit yeah. there, you know, Charlie Finley was such a goofy guy and the original A's were in those bright yellow outfits and green letters. And, but the California golden seals, their first year wore white hockey skates. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Google, Google the California Golden Seals uniforms, and you'll see these bright yellow uniforms um, with white skates. But uh, yeah, well, they were they were like bright yellow and teal, weren't they? Yeah, they were pretty bad. They were pretty bad. <laughs> um, but anyway, back in the beginning, the reason uh, numbers used to be designated by position, the goalie was always number one, and there was basically, and the other goalie was number third. And the first, uh, the first six numbers, so number one was the goalie, and then two, three, four, and five, and six were defensemen. So back in the early days, that's why all the defensemen were two through six. The forwards were then seven through, um, I think, 15. 20. Yeah, or basically, you know, it, the, the top three lines were basically seven, eight, and nine, 10, 11, and 12. 14, 15, and 16. There was no 13, I don't think. Um, hmm. And then the couple of the extra players was that 17, 18, 19, 20. Um, Scrub. And, it, and, it, and they did this so that um, people would understand the game and what positions they played. Hmm. So the, you know, the you know, lower numbers were defensemen, the higher numbers were there. And it wasn't until... Uh, 1977 or eight when they decided to put the names on the back of the jerseys. Um, and back in the beginning when they didn't have names on the jerseys, they would sell programs and you would have to look at the program to see who number three was or number two or number five. And the owners used to make money from that, from the, you know, selling those player programs. So the, the, the owners fought the uh, names on the back of the jerseys big time because people didn't have to buy a program. So it, it's amazing how it evolved over time. Yeah, are, are they, the Yankees, they should probably go back to that. Are the people Yankees still, one of the only teams, like professional sports teams, that don't have the names? They're the only they're, one I can think of. There is a reason for that, and I don't know if it's grandfathered or how they get away with that. Isn't it only at home? Isn't it the Maybe only at home? Adjust the pinstripes. I think so. I mean, I think on the road, I obviously you'd have to take a look at it. But uh, um, yeah, I feel like I've seen a, a Jeter like jersey before. You know, I think you can get them, but I I want to say the ones that they wear in games don't have names on them. He's a biracial angel. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, all right, well. Um, but anyway, so, so for your numbers segment, and obviously certain players, when they went to a team, like when Phil Esposito left, uh, I think when he left Boston to go to New York. Um, he was number nine, right? He was number seven. And somebody, I think... Uh, uh, somebody was already number seven in New York, so he put War seventy seven. So hmm. a lot of people either added the number 
that's where the 33s, the 44s, you know, the 55s, those numbers kind of came into, um, or if I was 17 and I went to another team, then I was 71 to keep the same thing. So obviously at some point someone tried to be another number and they were like, no, you can't do that. And they're like, listen, there's a 77 out there. Like, come on. Well, and and then some teams have (laughs) retired, some teams have retired jerseys too. So, you know, there are some, you know, clubs that have got a, you know, a number eight hanging in the rafters. I mean, I think Boston is Kenny Hodges, number eight retired. Um, so nobody wears it. Um, so anyway. So Siege, both, right. both home and away, the Yankees do not have names on the back of their jerseys. Yeah, I think, I don't, I can't think of another franchise that, uh, that doesn't wear the names on the back. No, I'll agree with you, and I'm I'm actually surprised that they were able to that they've been able to keep it going so long. But obviously, somebody paid a lot of money to have that uh, <laughs> that exception well, to the rule. The Yankees are running out of numbers down in the, those low numbers anyway. So, uh, yeah, can you imagine <laughs> how long how long uh, into like into the future do we think we're gonna until we start seeing triple digits? <laughs> Yeah, all right. they'll, yeah. They'll all be retired. They're already retired, like one through nine, right? I mean, Jeter will yeah. be. Yep. Yep. Cardinals what, have a ton too, I think. Yeah. Well, baseball's been around for a little while. Yeah. And not well, you look at you, you look at like Montreal. Montreal's got a ton of numbers up there. Yeah. yeah I mean, I wonder I, what, what number is John Bellavo? <laughs> Let's see. I, I want to say I think number five. Definitely one of the low ones. That, yeah, that would that would be consistent with your uh, with the the history we just learned there. I want to say three or five would be my uh, I think five because I remember you know when I was a kid you know the reason I started watching hockey my grandpa Heinemann um, we had an antenna up on our roof up on his roof and we got three American stations and three Canadian stations on the antenna. And on Saturday nights, one of the Toronto, one of the Canadian stations had hockey night in Canada. And uh, the back in those were the original six days. So it was either Toronto and Boston or Montreal and Boston or Toronto, you know, it was always Toronto or Montreal. And uh, I just remember watching the hockey games. Um, But at eight o'clock, he would turn on hee haw. (laughs) So that was shitty. But. Well, uh, Jean Valvo was number four. Number four. Okay, I was, I guess, close enough between three and five, huh? <laughs> the number shall be four. No more, no less. Four shall be the number. Three shall be too little. Five too much. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're going to keep going there. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not the real quote anyway, but. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know how much more detail they got. Montreal has one, two, three, four, six, 18 numbers retired, although oddly enough, they've got two at number five, two at number 12. Well, I remember Yvonne Cornwayer is number 12. He's one of them, I guess. I mean, I don't know if you've got it there. There's the other one. Dickie Moore played well before Cornwayer. How is is Tyler going to leave me hanging on the money Python quoting? (laughs) There's no help. Did we lose Tyler? All of a sudden, I don't hear him. Yeah, 
actually. Oh, that's <laughs> what happened? <laughs> no wonder. No, he's just muted. Tyler, you're muted. Ugh. Maybe he brutal. was muted. Yeah, yep. you were. So brutal. Uh, yeah, I, I said a bunch of quotes, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> I said one, two, five, three, sir. Three. <laughs> And then Dad said something, and I said, well, I didn't vote for him. (laughs) (laughs) You don't vote for a king. (laughs) Uh, Uh, He he says something like, I'm supposed to listen to you because you've had a sword in a pond? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What is it called? (laughs) Because some uh, swimming tot handed you a scimitar? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Who is your lord? No, we don't have a lord. <laughs> Who lives in that castle? No one. <laughs> uh, yeah, some well, good filth over here. Oh, yes. Ooh, successful he? episode now that we've reached the Monty Python quoting. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess. It's usually a good yeah. sign, huh? <laughs> I gotta rewatch that. Um, so, uh, now we're almost about to wrap up. I wanted to, uh, so we, this was almost a double Father's Day episode. Uh, CJ, you are imminently awaiting your, uh, your daughter. Um, so, Dad, I wanted to see, and I'm sure you guys have had these conversations between yourselves, but if you could give CJ here uh, a little piece of advice for uh, about to become a new father, since uh, you, you had to deal with four of us, so I'm sure there's, there's some nuggets in there. Yeah, you know, how, how could you have improved, Dad? Jesus. Uh, well, I, every single one of you was unique. Um, obviously, uh, your mom did all the heavy lifting, so I was really just uh, handling what needed to be handled at the time. Uh, CJ and I were briefly talking uh, yesterday um, about... The weird, weirdest thing is when you go to the hospital, you go for with your first one, you go with two people and you come out with three and you're just so used to only the two of you. Now, now they've got the two dogs there, but it's not the same thing. Um, so um, life changes as soon as there's three in the house. And then if you make it four or five and six, it's it's completely crazy to the point where Tyler, when you were born. Um, it was like a Sunday night at 1130. And I was telling CJ this yesterday, CJ took forever. And then he was a C-section. So we were in the hospital all day and then part of the next day. Um, so we were just there. It was like, it's, he's never coming, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's never going to happen. Tyler, your mom, it was about 1130 on a Sunday night. And, uh, I was heading up to bed. She goes, nah, I think it's time to go. I said, no, it's not. I got to go to work in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, you know, the kids are all in bed. It's like, no, this isn't the right time, Kim. I'm going to (laughs) And I was being being a, a tad sarcastic, but, you know, just to get the reaction, of course, you know, somebody that pregnant uh, isn't uh, funning, having fun with it. So she goes, no, no, I'm going to have the baby right now then. I said, oh, okay. You know how your mom can be. (laughs) Alrighty then. So uh, I said, all right, well, who's, you know, so she had already lined up Steve or Sandy, Steve or Sandy Stefanik. So um, 
Kim called uh, Sandy, and I ran next door and woke up Steve and brought him over. And literally, uh, by the time, I think the hospital was maybe 15 minutes away, we got to the hospital, and she was contracting in the car, and I don't think we were there more than 20 minutes, and you were born. (laughs) So... Yeah, we went from one extreme all the way to the other extreme. Um, they do it, Siege. Yeah, so. well, it was funny because we had a little, uh, a little not in labor scare over the weekend, and uh, she said she thought, oh, she said she thought that she was having uh, contractions, and I was making those steak sandwiches I sent you guys a picture of. So yeah. I, was like, I was like, I was like, oh, all right, I'll just hurry up. <laughs> I really Can wanted I... to take a picture of him when I was done. <laughs> Can I my no, it, it's it, it is funny because obviously CJ's been with her for nine months, and you know she goes through all the physical changes and the emotional changes and this, that, and the other stuff, and we're just along for the ride and doing whatever we can and all that stuff. But we aren't doing what they're doing, so um, it is hard to finally figure it out until you're holding her when you're holding her and you're looking at her eyes and you, you see and that's the other weird thing when you see her on the outside after you've seen the you know the the amniocentesis and the you know the, the picture inside and all that kind of stuff it's uh it's pretty wild when you're holding her on the outside um so but it's very fun it's a lot of fun just enjoy it just relax take your time Cameras have come a long way now, too. So, um, but ha- make sure that to go bag is always ready. <laughs> yeah, we had a little, we had a little dry run, so uh, it's ready to go. Uh, but yeah, there will be lots of pictures of the razor. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How does Christina feel about the razor? Um, the nickname, not the actual child. Gosh, Cats she actually not. like. She like likes the she likes it. All right. It's, I mean it's it's well, kind of a badass it's kind yeah, of a badass well, yeah. thing. What okay, yeah. you got fill me in on the razor? I'm I'm Ray Ray Emery, Dad. Ray Emery. It's uh, called the got Razor. It. Got it. And that's what Tyler thought of as soon as we told uh, him that Emery will be her name. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so obviously he started calling her the Razor. <laughs> okay. All right. Razor Heineman. <laughs> I thought maybe you're going to shave half your beard off or something. I wasn't sure what the razor meant, but come on, Dad. Ty can't grow a beard. Not him. Uh, can, can, you guys can't grow a beard either. <laughs> well, uh, that's why I can bust your chops because I can see him just like mine. <laughs> and if you're growing a beard, it's not looking good. No. Never did, never will, never tried. Um, so yeah, no CJ. Uh, you got, know, got a little beard action going. Well, hopefully, uh, you know, you're not in the middle of a podcast when she knocks on your shoulder and says, "Let's go." That'll be wildly breaking <laughs> news. That's right. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would if if she called me right now, um, I'd be out. Yep. <laughs> do you have that set up work-wise where uh they know you're expecting and you might get a call and you might have to leave uh post haste yeah yep 
And she's got a couple other guys that works numbers in case I'm, you know, in the bottom of the airplane and I don't hear the phone. Right, right. Yeah, that's the goofy thing. So, and you're what, like 15 minutes, 20 minutes from the uh, shop to the uh, house? Well, I can, I can get home to the house and to the hospital in half an hour. Okay, okay. Keep that in mind, <laughs> you know, because a lot can happen in a half hour once she uh, starts. But not oh, that yeah. you can, not that you can control any of it. <laughs> so, all righty. Yes. Uh, well, I. He's uh, got anything else? No, I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on for the Father's Day uh, episode. It's always nice to listen and uh, be part of the the camaraderie, so to speak. And uh, needless to say. Hey, I, when I listen, when I drive up to see Ivy in Jersey and I got that 200 mile, I can listen to a couple of the episodes back to back. And uh, some of the stuff you guys are just, it's just hilarious. You know, <laughs> I, I, I wonder when I drive by people and I'm crying, laughing, and they're looking at me going, what's his problem? <laughs> and I just want to say, it's just my voice. That's it. <laughs> all good. All good. <laughs> Yeah, that's well, a good sound. We'll right. yeah. we got to at least keep entertaining you, Pops, because uh, <laughs> you're the only one contributing. So. <laughs> what did uh, you mean? Uh, Chad Heels, uh, 99 no, I think, cents I'm, no, dropped Chad's, off? Chad's 99 cents still comes in every month. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> Chad. Chad, <laughs> Absolute legend. So, I mean, I think... I think mine's a little bit more than that, but uh, you know, yeah. obviously, at some point in time, when you guys retire, <laughs> when you when you guys retire the Heineman uh, hockey blog uh, podcast uh, banner in an arena somewhere in one of your hometowns, um, <laughs> there'll be enough money left over for that flag and that banner <laughs> to hang. I was gonna in- say, I think. We're almost at we're at a point say, now where we might be able to buy CJ a microphone with that money. I, I I hope it doesn't. Well, I bought a microphone. That's what me and Dad were on the Christmas episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Tyler, do I need to send you a pair of headphones? Do I have to keep no. hearing that you don't have headphones? <laughs> mom made a, mom made a comment about that too. She she found them, um, so she's oh. sending me some stuff. Um, okay to the bakery because i can't get mail here but okay yeah well, if, you, if you need a set let me know because i have a couple extras laying around so thank you yeah I didn't realize and, and I they're not so you know and they're they're not really that expensive either uh don't they're it. not i just i haven't really <laughs> had the time to like order them in a sort of post office i'm just like i'm an island guy you know i'm just enjoying the island the bike ride is yeah. short too. I just can't listen to the podcast really. I, I don't have like, you know, walking around my phone. I'm not doing that. No, I, I hear you. I've only done that once or twice, having you guys out loud. Uh, yeah, but, people are like, "What the hell is that?" And then pe- I hear my own voice, and people look at you like, "Ah, it's me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, needless to Who's say, that? <laughs> well, needless to. Say, Needless to say, you're never used to hearing your own voice. So yeah. when I listen to the when I listen to this episode, it'll be like, "Who's that guy?" Because you don't hear your own voice. So um, it is yeah, weird. I, uh, but, I talked to Moshe the other day, Siege, because I was telling him you were cracking up at 
<laughs> him uh, asking about is is that what they called there Washington State and he he was like I legit was like confused he was like is that what they called <laughs> and, and he and he, he was like turban? the same thing Dad he was like oh man I got through twenty five minutes I had to shut it off because I couldn't listen to my own voice like right. I couldn't listen to myself yeah. talk. <laughs> Well, I do have a newfound uh, appreciation for, for somebody saying, yeah, I live in Washington State. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, yeah, because you're outside of D.C. So when someone says Washington, you're going to instantly think D.C. Actually, I just say D.C. Uh, so maybe I am off. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's no, what you, I would say. See, see, you've got it covered because you say Washington State. And because there right, are four, yeah. because there are four thousand listeners now that understand the difference between <laughs> living in Washington and living in Washington State, you've educated that many people. So yeah. good job. Well, it's like well, it's like you guys know the difference between the University of Washington and Washington University. One of them's in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, that is that. true. That is true. Like I don't even know which one's which. Didn't didn't Uncle Greg or didn't Uncle Greg or one of his boys go to the University of Washington? Somebody went there. Maybe yeah, not. That's, a, that's long. a good ass. That's a good ass school. I've heard good things about it. All right. Anyway, I think right. uh, yeah, it's been a nice little nice little Father's Day. Uh, I'm glad we got to get together at least on Monday. Yeah. No. No. It worked. It worked. So. Uh, I got again. Um, sorry for um, the conflicts, but I got absolutely waxed in tennis today. Fucking ugh. six zero six one. I was happy wow. to get win a game. Wow! The, um, the last time I played him, I mean, he's the tennis pro. He, you got to oh. pay 100, 130 bucks an hour to get him to to hit with you. Um, so I get to do it for free, which is nice. Last time I played him, he beat me six two six three. I thought I was in good shape and we we get there today and he's like you know i took it easy on you last time and i was like fuck really <laughs> <laughs> and so he started playing today and i could tell like he wasn't even going full today and it's on clay so it's really sick um oh wow on that it's not i don't, think I've, ever, I don't think I've ever played on clay so it's definitely a little different yep. like the slices are, are they move more and then just your footing is just completely different so uh i just what how do you get to play the pro without paying see like a, a one of the owners of the donut shop or no he uh he went to prep school with connor and mikey oh okay okay he, so it's a friend of up, friend. okay got it he got grew it. up here and his, nice he works three months out of the year and just like all day plays tennis with people he like did lessons for the Obama uh, daughters, Jeez. Jeffrey Lurie's ex-wife, who he owns the Eagles. Yeah, um, yeah. all these people. Like he just goes no, all there, over the place. Yeah, there is money on that island. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, you know what's the just... best thing after a long day of playing tennis and uh, pops? You can definitely attest to this. Hot, vodka. but uh, it's, yeah, hot water bottle of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> In your son's, yep. uh, or in your suburban that your son drives. Yes, <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> oh, what a proud moment as a father that was. Oh, yeah. Jeez, did I ever tell you about the one time? I didn't know it was there. It's Matt Edwards' fault. Yeah, right. <laughs> See, did I ever tell you about the one time when um, the Swifts had a party and I slept over and we're in the basement, like me, Drew, and I think a couple of Pat's friends were there too. And um, I don't know if you guys know Lydon Brackelman, but he woke up and obviously we're drinking and he was like, Oh, water, like hung over. And he legit was like pouring it on himself and it was straight vodka. And he just, <laughs> he started basically throwing up like immediately. <laughs> like, it was all like, he was the only one up kind of. And all of us were like, Oh my God, Jesus. Like, <laughs> that was vodka. Like, Oh dude. <laughs> so a little worse. At least dad didn't you know, pour it down his back or something. Splash it on his face. He almost said he was sweaty enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a questionable yeah. move to drink glove compartment water on a hot day, regardless. But, you know. <laughs> I, think, I think it was in the door. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it, it was, uh, yeah. The, the things that one don't it was, your, to... <laughs> it was your vodka, Pops. Yeah, 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 yeah. These are the things you just can't wait for your children to do for you and with you uh, as you go through life, you know. So, uh, but yeah, if uh, so far we're all alive to talk about it. So as long as that's the case, uh, the more the merrier. But uh, yeah, there, there are some stories out there, but uh, <laughs> hopefully right, not. All right, Lou, do it up. <laughs> All right, we'll get us out of here now. Uh, so, uh, as always, go check out our very good friends' parlors. They're a great band out of New York City, uh, and they allow us to use their uh, their song, State Lines, as our intro and outro music that you guys listen to each and every week. Uh, you can follow us on our social media. We are at the Heinemann Brothers Hockey Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hot soup. Hockey. Oh, shit. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.